Yeah, I remember being, I have like a memory of being sick in, like my parents had like a, like a bonus room and I was like laying on the floor. My mom had like made me a bed on the ground. I don't know why. I, I think it's just because there was a TV in that room and she was like, eh, he's going to want to like watch TV while he's sick. Yeah, lay on the ground. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I was just like watching like Toonami or something like that. And I remember having to throw up and I was like, I was so ready to throw up and so sick that I knew I wouldn't be able to make it to the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> so like I had like this, uh, like a pint glass next to me and it had water in it. Like I'd already, I'd already drinking all the water in it. So like, I just like rolled over and like put my mouth over this glass and just like filled the glass. Oh God, with vomit. that is great. <laughs> and then like, I laid back down and like, I was like, I just like called for my mom because I could not get up. So she like came in and like picked up my, my puke glass and had to go dump it. <laughs> moms are the best. Yeah, moms are definitely lifesavers. All right, welcome to episode 10 of Vague Zone. I am one of your co-hosts, Thomas, and with me always is... Daniel. And to this week, we are talking about a new franchise, a new horror movie. We're talking about Final Destination. Well, not new. It's a 2000 movie. But this is like a, a new franchise we're going to run through. And so, yeah, it's really cool to start this up. And I guess I'm going to have Daniel give us a little... Uh, well, well, hold on. This is news to me. Are we committing to doing the whole franchise? Oh, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess we... we I'm, I'm on board. We never fully discussed if we're going to make it the next like series we watch. So I guess I shouldn't say that first. I mean, I'm on board. Let's do it. Okay. Like After watching this one, I was like, yeah, I could watch a few more of these. Yeah, there's only four more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Final Destination. So quick synopsis from imdb after a teenager has a terrifying vision of him and his classmates dying in a plane explosion he saves himself and a few others only to have death hunt them one down one by one Ooh. death is capitalized Ooh, <laughs> scary um so yeah first thoughts uh what did you think of final destination thomas um i like this movie a lot i have never seen it before like i've there's probably going to be a surprise to a lot of viewers but I didn't watch a lot of horror movies growing up. I grew up in a kind of stricter household when it came to movies and video games. So yeah, no rated R movies, no mature video games. And so I never really got to like watch these kind of silly, stupid popcorn horror flicks growing up, or I, I didn't really seek them out. And so, yeah, it isn't very scary or menacing, but this is an entertaining as hell movie. And it's such a time capsule. It's, it's like... It's a 2000, but it's so incredibly 90s to me, and it's like, yeah, it's like the movie Scary Movie is like, or those movies kind of allude to it. It feels like it fits in that category, just like a very cheesy and just over-the-top, ridiculous, high-concept horror movie. It's, it's, I was laughing the entire time, even though it's a very, it takes itself very seriously, but yeah, I, I just enjoyed it. It was a, a really good time watching. Um, yeah, I totally agree about this feeling very 90s, but it's the year 2000. Um, I think I have a, a sort of a warped perception of the 90s because when I watched this, I was like, oh, this feels very like a boy band era, Britney Spears era. But I looked it up and because I always I always think of boy bands and Britney Spears as being the 90s. Yeah. But I looked it up and Hit Me Baby One More Time came out in 2000. 
Yeah. And I think NSYNC really started popping off like 97. So it's it's kind of tail end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's like, yeah, I was like nine, 10 years old. And so, yeah, I, the 90s, I was alive and aware of things. But yeah, 2000s is definitely more like a defined era. You know, that you're kind of bringing up these. Yeah. Bringing up the music, it, it kind of solidifies it a lot more, too. But this, yeah, it does feel like it's part of this certain wave of horror, which started in the 90s with Scream. I think Scream was like 96. Yeah. And then I Know What You Did Last Summer was 97. Uh, I'm not sure when Urban Legend was, but like... Dang, yeah, you're bringing up like good ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's all part of that. And uh, I hadn't actually seen Final Destination until probably like the last three years. And I'd always been curious about this franchise because it's a franchise like they got enough out of this to decide they needed to make several of them yeah uh and anytime that happens i'm always curious like what is keeping this franchise going but um yeah it's a totally fun movie uh it's it's i don't know it's it's an unusual kind of horror movie because a lot of what was coming out around that time was slasher movies and i think i read an interview where uh one of the filmmakers was saying that they really wanted to avoid a slasher movie and just have the uh the villain be death itself so it's not about like running away from death death is inevitable it is going to catch up to you yeah uh and yeah yeah, this movie does some weird stuff where it like it doesn't personify death but it kind of does a little bit yeah uh, which i'm not too sure about what Uh, what i wrote down it's like rube goldberg horror like it's its own genre like of just yeah the thing that is killing these kids off is yeah this very mysterious force and sometimes it's it takes it embodies certain things like water or you know some something very dangerous but sometimes that doesn't happen at all and it just you know, just circumstances just unfold in shitty ways and they just end up dead. And so, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's yeah. Like the, the thematic side of, yeah, how the death works and the mechanisms of that was really interesting. But like the death embodying things, it it feels kind of silly. Like this, it almost feels like a ghost movie. Oh yeah. Where, cause like we think about like uh, a lot of times we hear about ghosts uh, in real life, not in movies where people are like, Oh, there's, it's a haunted house. Uh, you could tell it's haunted because the cabinet door opened by itself. Or, uh, oh, the faucet turned on. No one no one turned the faucet on. It turned on by itself. That means the house is haunted. Yeah. So it's like this really minor uh, things that a ghost can do actually add up to really significant things in this movie. Yeah, and I love how it plays with your expectations as the mm-hmm. as things kind of unfold. Because it, it doesn't really start off small. It, I think it starts off pretty fucking big. It starts off with this plane crash. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Really? It's, it's an older movie, so I don't. I guess we're kind of safe spoiling it for some. But yeah, before we get into the details of it, I was like, yeah, like the <laughs> the details of how these characters get off is just it makes me laugh. Kind of just the absurdity of it. Cause I'm like, oh, it's not gonna be that you know sharp object that the camera keeps focusing on is going to be something totally different off screen you know or something like that so yeah it's just like yeah rube goldberg weird mousetrap kind of device where they just get caught and then it's just like okay what's gonna get them it's gonna be that thing or that thing yeah i mean these movies like it's kind of brilliant that these (laughs) movies do that because it's 
it's it's setting up all of these ingredients for an ingredients for a recipe for disaster yeah <laughs> and so you're looking at all these different things being like what are they gonna make what dish are they gonna make yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what is gonna be the element that is going to off this person and so it's it's perfect for horror because horror is all about like building tension and then releasing tension and like catching your audience off guard and playing with expectations and stuff like that and so it's just it's really fun it's it's a nice little game yeah it's great so should we kind of break it down a little bit and (laughs) talk about just the ridiculous things that happen in this movie uh yeah so the movie opens on this like kind of slow long intro sequence of uh you know we get like a silhouette of this like monkey charm or something hanging from a string uh so it's like oh it's like a guy hanging uh we get uh uh, alex our main character picks up a book and behind that is a book called death of a salesman (laughs) yeah it's like oh more death like it keeps doing all like i think he has a a brochure of france because he's getting ready for a a trip to france yeah and uh like the fan blows some pages or something like that and we see like shots of uh people being guillotined in the streets like uh drawings and stuff yeah shout out to the art department prop team on that first shot because it's just it's packed just there's just so much stuff so much good stuff in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we have this like it's all like the whole beginning of this movie is just about building up all these bad omens um we meet alex who's gonna be our main character it's uh devin sawa i think is the actor's name yeah and he's yeah he's getting ready for this trip to france he's going with his class it's uh his his french class or something like that and as he's going to the airport he there's just yeah all sorts of bad signs like uh when he's getting his ticket the um person at the counter what do you what do you what do you call this person the person working at the airport um mm, not a not a flight attendant i guess a concierge maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyways so this person um points out like oh like nine twenty five. it's the same as your birthday and he's like what do you mean just like your your departure time is at nine twenty five, and your birthday is september 25th and so like the word departure is like supposed to be threatening yeah uh, he looks at his terminal and all the flights are getting canceled except for his um so the word terminal is kind of threatening yeah um he's at he's at jfk airport and if you know anything about jfk uh you know that's kind of threatening yeah and then um, it gets to the actual like oh paris final destination like this is like the the final yeah, face of the uh, his tag <laughs> on his bag his luggage or whatever yeah yeah basically they all start boarding and then like yeah it's just like this kind of somewhat not chaotic but it, it just feels very like tense and as everyone's kind of getting into the the plane yeah there's just but like... we get we get a we get a nice sequence that kind of like introduces all of our characters just like waiting to board this plane yeah yeah oh yeah um, that's right that's right so like the camera is just kind of like sweeping past a line of people uh sean william scott who's he's playing this character billy he's kind of getting bullied by this guy carter so we've established like their dynamic billy's kind of a a dunce carter's kind of a jerk yeah um clear is this girl her name is clear they clear it sounded like they were saying claire but her name is clear rivers yeah i have to Uh, look that up too human name (laughs) clear Um, rivers she's reading uh tropic of cancer which is this is the second time we've seen tropic of cancer in a movie because paul is reading it in after hours oh really um yeah (laughs) uh 
So yeah, you gotta look at all the connections, just Dude, like in Final Destination. Dang. Vague, um, vague zone book club. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now we have to read this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get the introduction of Todd, who's friends with Devin, um, and we get a very strange introduction to this character because he tells Devin, Alex, let's go take a... I, I keep calling him Devin. Devin's the actor. Yeah. Alex is the character. He says, Alex, let's go take a dump. <laughs> and he gives this great speech about why they need to go take a shit because they want to sit with these hot girls on the plane and they don't want to end up in a situation where, like... He says... Uh, let's imagine you gotta you gotta go torque a wicked cable. <laughs> it's such a reach. <laughs> it's like, and like if the girls see you take a dump, you're, you're it's done. <laughs> like, so you have to do this. Well, I think the idea is like if they go take a dump and then they walk in after because yeah, the cabin is so poorly ventilated <laughs> that they're gonna smell their heinous shit. Oh god, <laughs> gotcha. So he's like, come on, we're not gonna get any pussy unless we take shits right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Alex, let's go take a shit. Do I have to take a shit by yourself? No, 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 dude. Listen, okay? Listen, take some knowledge. We're about to board a seven-hour flight. The toilets and coach are barely ventilated closets, all right? If that. Now, let's say halfway through the flight, right? Your body wants that airplane food out. You got to go torque a wicked cable, and then right after you, like directly after you, walks in Krista or Blake. Dude, do you want them to associate you with that watery sting in their eye, that reflexive gag at the back of their throat? So, so yeah. yeah so we get a nice scene of the two boys taking shits um and it starts playing a john denver song while they're in the bathroom john denver famously died in a plane crash uh i don't know if i should say famously i'm sure he's famous for being a musician but he did die in a plane crash yeah i um, like totally forgot about that that's like yeah. a very morbid detail for the soundtrack of the movie I was thinking they should have started playing like La Bamba and then like a Buddy Holly song. Yeah, just like just get all so, of them in there. <laughs> yeah, playing a Leah tune. Yeah, um, it's like it's gonna be dark. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, then they board the plane. Uh, do you want to talk about boarding the plane? Yeah, I guess like my memory of it is a little bit hazier because I watched this a few days ago. But once they board the plane, we get like this takeoff sequence and there's like a lot they're not a lot like small things kind of happening like we wrote down the uh like lunch table drops down is that something that happens in this first like dream sequence oh yeah well no he gets on the plane um he's alex is sitting in the back todd is sitting up further towards the front todd has this whole scheme about like tricking uh, these hot girls in a sitting near each of them so he tells them he has a urinary tract infection yeah which is a very bizarre move um, but uh while while like this is happening alex gives up his seat to the girls he comes and sits next to todd and when he puts the tray table down it's uh it's broken like the the, the knob that holds it in place is broken correct so yet another yeah. bad omen yeah um, yeah and, and so i i, I yeah. guess i missed the part where he like possibly dozes off but essentially we get this takeoff sequence where like there's there's like i think there, there's other french people on there no it's the teacher there's two teachers and so yeah there's like a guy and a girl and the, the guy teacher's like oh like 
raise your hands up and like everyone's like excited that the plane's taking off yeah it's really weird he says something in french and then everyone starts cheering yeah yeah <laughs> that like the, the plane is leaving they do this really like joyous like liftoff thing but there's like a storm outside and like all this all this stuff is going on like alice keeps like kind of acknowledging like yeah it's kind of like raining we get us some shots of it being really bad and yeah it takes off and yeah we, you just get this first really bad plane crash sequence where it just like just goes to hell and yeah just like <laughs> a lot of people kind of get taken off and or taken out sorry it's a great sequence um i guess they actually built like a plane cabin on this gimbal it's super which... in- it's super intense yeah it's, it's like a mid-air like everything is just going wrong and like yeah the plane is crashing and like yeah, like the side gets ripped open, and like yeah, like people flying. Yeah, people are getting flung out of the side of the plane. Yeah. Uh, at one point, there's like a boombox that gets loose from uh, a luggage compartment and like flies around yeah, and hits someone's yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. There's there, there's like a disabled man on the flight who's like having a terrible time. Um, yeah, that's also it's, a it's joke. Rough. A joke that Sean William Scott makes when they're walking into into the aisles and they're like. Yeah, like, God will be really fucked up if you took out this plane. And then, like, they, there's a shot of the guy in the wheelchair. And he's like, he'd be really fucked up if you took out this plane. I was like, wow, that's just, it's such yeah, bad taste. Pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, like, such a bad, bad joke. But, yeah, then, yeah, this entire plane crash goes down. And then Alex wakes up. And he, like, he snaps out of this, like, dream where, like, he is, I don't know if they're, there's yeah, they're on the plane still. And he, like, freaks out. And he's, like, sweating. Yeah. And he's just, like trying to like warn people and tell people like hey like it, the plane's gonna explode but everyone's like obviously freaking out because he's you know <laughs> he's causing a scene in an airplane and it's, so yeah it's, it gets very tense and so they escort him out they escort him and yeah. a bunch of students out yeah a bunch of students like are they, are they like fighting with him to get off the plane i think yeah they're like i think carter might be like fighting with him so they all get taken out yeah uh clear gets off voluntarily just because I think she's kind of freaked out by the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Todd's brother, George, tells Todd, like, hey, go check on Alex. So Todd gets off, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Basically, <laughs> As... they get off, and then, yeah, they're kind of, I think, yeah, they're being questioned. Are they being questioned yet or no? Uh, I... Well, no, because nothing has happened yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's why I like, they... I'm getting a little ahead of myself, because the, everything after this point is just batshit crazy. So, yeah, basically... They're inside the terminal, and the plane takes off. They're like, okay, we'll catch the next one. We'll just, like, hang out, kind of settle this, and yeah. catch another and plane then, like, to Paris. And, and Alex and Carter are, like, in a fist fight, basically, because Alex is telling him, like, what a fucking lunatic he is. And, or, no, no, Carter's telling him what a fucking lunatic he is, and Alex says something like, I wish you were on that plane. Yeah. Meanwhile, Billy's standing at the window, and he's just, like, watching the plane take off, and he's like feeling like shit billy showed up late so he never actually got on i think is what happened with him yeah um and so he's just like disappointed he's not on the flight and as he's watching the plane take off the plane explodes in midair and yeah. all of the windows shatter in at yeah some it's r- like real 90s shit just like yeah, just so it's like yeah it's like the plane shatter. was the fucking death star like i i do not think a plane exploding would shatter all the windows like that yeah just the way it's blocked is like 
I couldn't help but laugh, even though it's it's like super played seriously. Like all the like students are dying on this plane, but it's in the distance. It's like it's like taking off, and it's very inconspicuous. And then it just has that cheesy CGI like orange in like red kind of certain like you know cloud of yeah. cloud of fire, and then the glass just shatters everywhere. And then it's just like holy shit, this movie just. Just took a step up, and then, of course, Alan. I mean, I do, I do like that the plane explodes in the background. Like the foreground is like the interaction of these characters, yeah, yeah, as our main characters, and it's like this is this is the backdrop for what this movie's gonna be. Yeah, like, it's literally. So re- oh. it's like just so over the top, but yeah, I think the way that they just have it kind of be floating in the back, and then it just just blows up. It's just fucking nuts, and then yeah, then. The investigation kicks off because the plane just exploded and they need to figure out why this happened. Yeah, and how did this kid, Alex, know that the plane was going to explode? Yeah. So they're questioning him. They're, like, asking him if he'd taken anything, taken any sort of medications or anything like that. I don't know why this is necessarily important. Um, This movie was made one year before 9-11. So you would think if they were interrogating him now, they would just, like assume he was a terrorist yeah he'd be locked Uh, up just so yeah they would be like strip searching him and stuff uh denying him all of his rights (laughs) yeah they're like tough cops but they yeah they kind of play pretty easy they like tail him for the rest of the movie but like yeah they're like you're you're a bad kid but we can't really prove anything because yeah he just like had this vision and so he's just he's freaking out as much as they are also the fbi agents their names are Agent Ween and Agent Shrek, which is yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, rough, really odd, rough cop names. And yeah, I uh, forget which one plays. Uh, is it Roger Guvner or is it Daniel Roebuck? Roger, he is Shrek. Daniel Roebuck is Ween. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I know the like the black guy was like in a like in Do the Right Thing and I'm trying mm-hmm. to. Yeah, this, I, I like the casting in this movie a lot too. Uh, I think it's pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Devin Sawa from Stan, the Stan music video. <laughs> yeah, that's that's even better. The I didn't even know classic that. Classic Dido tune. Yeah, holy shit! I didn't I didn't know that until just now. I guess I didn't look up his page too much. I was more focused on <laughs> Sean William Scott and everybody else. Tony Todd. I feel like Sean William Scott is a pretty decent actor who hasn't been really given the material to thrive. Like, I think he's all right. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, he does what he does well. Um, I couldn't tell you, because he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, like American, his, presence in the, his presence in this movie, it feels like he's acting in a different movie than everyone else. Yeah, it's definitely like it feels like he's kind of doing the Stifler American Pie thing, which is just but a little bit more toned down. It's like twenty five percent Stifler. It's more like kind of innocent. Like it was kind of like childlike too. Like when he he's riding the bike at night when there's like the the teacher's death later on. Like just his his arrival in that scene makes me laugh so much because he just rose like, "Hey Billy, what's up?" Or like he's like, "Hey Alex, what's up?" And it's just like so innocent. But like then the yeah. house fucking explodes in the background. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like everyone. I feel like everyone kind of treats him like he's a child, <laughs> like he's 
He is the dumber person. Everyone knows he's dumb. Yeah, even uh, at the funeral scene, he's like, "So yeah, like I like almost failed my driving te- my driver's test," and then the instructor was like, "Yeah, you're gonna die at a young age." And is that true or not? Because I'm like kind of scared about <laughs> the future now. And like, yeah, he he does that scene really well. The funeral scene is just a trip, just with the the song playing in the background. Yeah, that song <laughs> playing is terrible. Yeah, just like it's not Eddie Vedder, but it's like that kind of alternative rock 90s ballad where just like the the guys do <laughs> i don't even do the impression because it's <laughs> yeah there were a few bands that sang like that um i don't know why that styles took off yeah but that yeah that grunge white male voice and just singing over a very somber uh i mean this is, this is a pretty funeral. white movie except for like one of the detectives and then later we get tony todd like yeah, I was like when this movie was playing, I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna remember any of these characters' names. Like yeah. they're all kind of generic white people." Billy, Alex, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just. Kinda... But then we got clear at least. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Final Fantasy name almost. So like, where were we in the in the recap? So basically, I'm I'm at at least in my mind, I'm at the funeral scene because yeah that's when they like kind of all start turning on each other and like they're like okay like alex gets turned into this black sheep after the plane explodes and like okay everyone kind of suspects he knows why or like he's kind of connected he's super weird they're all, they're all creeped out by him like the yeah. teacher says like you creep me out or something like that yeah she's Which, super mean she <laughs> super unprofessional yeah. i mean i imagine at this point maybe maybe like the trauma of it means she's no longer teaching yeah, maybe like, yeah. the wound Super is p- the wound is too fresh. Maybe, maybe. real piece of shit thing to say to a child. Like he's he's like a fucking he's still a kid. He's a high school student. Yeah, but I don't know. She gets her come up in in a really bad way. She has like one of the more elaborate, insane yeah. deaths in this movie. Because yeah, basically after Alex kind of has this moment at the plane, he starts to kind of realize that yeah, like I am aware or like yeah, like I have a premonition of sorry not who's gonna die next but yeah he like has like a diagram of the plane and kind of puts one and two together of like okay like we all kind of survived and death is coming after us and so we like are gonna get picked off simultaneously or it's gonna happen kind of sequentially until we're all gone yeah well it's it's death's design design. like yeah uh, yeah yeah that's that's what it is that's 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 a little later but um yeah so so the so the first death we get out of this sequence uh is Todd. Todd is at home. He uh this is the second time we see Todd take a shit, which is weird. Like normally if you're lucky, you only get one <laughs> shit scene in a movie. Uh it's but a... no, we got we got a, we got two. Um, I I wonder if that's just playing on like bathroom vulnerable vulnerability in horror movies because there's like the classic, oh, you're in a shower, the the killer's going to come in, you know, like psycho or whatever, like, you know that's when you're at your most like vulnerable, vulnerable. And, and unsafe. It's like when you're literally either taking a shower or taking a shit. So I don't know. Well, I mean, there was like a, I think when I was a kid, there was an X-Files episode, uh, which, you know, funny enough, this, this movie started off as a script for yeah. the X-Files. Um, yeah. Very appropriate. You brought that up. But uh, there was a character who it was like a little man uh, it was the same guy who played the the Oompa Loompas in Tim Burton's Willy Wonka movie. Oh. Um, he it was like a little man who would like crawl inside people, and I 
I want to say he crawled in through the toilet. Maybe I'm mixing two different <laughs> X-Files episodes together. Because I'm pretty sure there is a, a monster who comes out of a toilet in one of the X-Files. But like, That's uh, really creepy. Yeah, it was like the creepiest shit when I was a kid. Like, I couldn't go to sleep when I saw this episode. Which makes me think we have to watch an X-Files episode for the show. Um, I'm, I'm down. Because, yeah, <laughs> one thing, well, I guess, not to surprise the viewers, if you know that about me already, that I didn't watch horror movies. Yeah, I didn't watch the X-Files growing oh, up. And man. so, like, I've literally have never seen an episode, a single, I've never seen a single frame of any X-Files. Dude, X-Files is so good. We, yeah, we have to watch the X-Files. I'm down, um, I'm down to watch some episodes. It's, it's October, you know. I'm down to get, get weird. Because, yeah, the, what, what do you know about the X-Files? Uh, I know that it is about, like, two grumpy kind of will they won't they <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> fbi agents that are frequently involved in the paranormal and like yeah and i'm not sure if that show is digging from like straight up real things like actual no. or is it all i mean it, like... it, it digs i think it like grabs stuff from like folklore sometimes like there's a bigfoot episode which is really terrible for sure um, yes yeah, yeah see that's the thing is I, I i want the real folklore that's like i like will go on like you know forums and stuff like Reddit i think or, there might be like a jersey devil thing at one point but. okay yeah i mean i, I mean, mean there's just that's the kind of stuff that is the most interesting rather than you know because it's also i've i've looked through the wikipedia page a ton there's so many episodes and there's a ton of it and so that the sheer amount of it is always intimidating. I'm like, okay, it's a, yeah. a massive Yeah, show. I mean, I, I was watching it a few years back, and I, I found a list of, like, these are the episodes you should watch. Like, these are the ones you can skip. So I was, like, yeah, skipping yeah. a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, the way the show works is it's, like, there's the overall plot where it's, um, it's like, Mulder, his little sister, was abducted, abducted when he was a kid or something. Okay. So he's obsessed with aliens, and he wants to, like, prove the existence of aliens, but the government's... The government keeps uh, covering it up, um, which is very, like, very 90s paranoia not trusting the government. Like, I feel like that was, like, kind of a big thing in the 90s. Totally, um, totally. Maybe it's, like, a... Po- yeah, I don't know what what the yeah, source of that was. But, um... And then the other type of episode is the Monster of the Week episode. So sometimes you just get episodes where it's just, you know, it's Agent Mul- Agents Mulder and Scully. They're just investigating some weird occurrence. Um, and those are really fun it gives them a lot of freedom to just like be silly okay um great shit yeah let's watch that sometime anyways what what the fuck were we talking about (laughs) yeah so we were talking about after (laughs) oh we're at the first death so yeah basically todd is in the bathroom oh yeah todd he's taking a shit (laughs) yeah todd's taking a shit he's in the bathroom and death comes for him death death chooses him first so he's yeah he's sitting on the pot uh there's a leak from the wall water is leaking in slowly he gets up he decides to shave for some reason he is like the cleanest shaven man in the world he looks like he hasn't even hit puberty yet not a single hair on his face they're all supposed to be like yeah like 15 16 because yeah they're taking driver's tests and stuff like that so yeah for him to be setting up the razor to shave yeah doesn't use any shaving cream either (laughs) so unnecessary yeah yeah that's true that's true he 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 nicks himself on the first swipe um (laughs) and then he stops yeah this is a a bizarre scene because like he decides... To, I'm wondering if this, like, razor was supposed to be his brother's or something like that. Because his brother died on the plane. Um, yeah. Like, that's me trying to make this scene have more value. Uh, but, like, yeah, he... 
He decides to shave without shaving cream, immediately cuts himself. He starts trimming his nose hairs, which is like the movie trying to uh, put the idea in your head that like, oh, maybe this is going to be what kills him. Maybe he's going to slip and just like shove those scissors into his brain. Yeah. Um, he plugs in a stereo, which now we're introducing the concept of like, okay, maybe like this is going to fall in the water and electrocute him. Um, it's playing the John Denver song and he immediately unplugs it and then he decides he's going to take a shower, I guess. Yeah. And so he pulls back the curtain. There's a clothesline there. He starts taking the clothes off the clothesline and as he's reaching for uh, a piece of clothing, <laughs> he slips on the puddle that has been growing this whole time. Yeah, like while yeah, while all those things are that you just described are happening, we get shots of a neon blue like puddle creeping on the tile, slowly going yeah. towards him. So there's always like this. It's kind of like I don't want to say Hitchcockian, but it's like yeah, there's just a lot of variables and kind of things that kind of are happening. And so yeah, it's like is it going to be the scissors, the razor, the, like the puddle? Like, what is it going to be? Yeah, and so he slips on the puddle. And he falls forward, and as he's falling forward, his neck hits the clothesline. Ugh. And the clothesline, it does this thing where it's like, it's like a one of those slap bracelets or something, where it just like goes around his neck over yeah. and over and over again. It's like a tetherball pole. Uh, yeah, it just and it just completely on. strangles him, and he falls into the tub. He as he's like trying to get a grip to like pick himself up he knocks down a bunch of like shampoo and soap bottles so now the tub is all slippery and we're just watching him choke to death in a bathtub yeah and while uh, he's choking to death yeah he's trying to grab the scissors that he the, the nostrum scissors to to i guess to cut this thing but in my mind i'm like it looks like yeah, some piano, like, some piano wire or like like the strongest fishing line you've ever seen in your life because he's just like turning purple and like it's just it's really painful yeah and it's like i don't know if they give him contacts or if they just drip stuff in his eyes but his eyes are like turning all red and stuff yeah yeah a great effect it helps sell it um i was actually a friend of mine she was telling me that she was at a bar and she was like oh this movie was playing and uh i just I don't know what it was. Maybe you guys know. It was like a guy in a bathtub and he was like choking to death. And, he and Emily was like, Final Destination! Like immediately. Uh, and then we like looked at the scene up and showed it to her and she was like, oh yeah, that's it. That's great. Yeah, that's even accented by like the dad is just like passed out drunk downstairs. Like we get like one shot of him just like down in his like chair with like an empty, empty boulder glass, whatever the glass is called. And it's just like, Damn, yeah, they just, like, emphasize that, like, there's a possibility that he could get saved, but, like, just the variables are just slightly off. And so I think yeah. I, like, I like that about this movie, and I think that I like that about, like, the early Saw movies, too, where kind of, like, there's a sense that you can kind of escape if it just weren't for this one little thing, you know? If it's a terrible, like, death trap. Yeah, it's teasing you. Like, you're in a death trap, but if you were just a little bit closer, you'd be able to, like, to get out, and I think it works really well in this movie. Well, it's like, there's also an, another element that kind of feeds into that, which is it's cross-cutting throughout this whole sequence. It's cross-cutting to Alex who's in his room looking at a penthouse. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, an owl lands on Alex's window and it like spooks him. So he throws his penthouse 
at the owl. It gets sucked up into his fan. Very <laughs> yeah. important that we we met the fan earlier in the movie. If yes. you've been paying attention, <laughs> um, the fan sucks up his penthouse and it's it shreds it. It spits out all these pieces of paper. One of them lands on his knee. He looks at it and it says Todd. Um, so he's he knows something's wrong. So he goes rushing to Todd, and by the time he gets there, it's too late. Todd's dead. Um, I think the police are already there. Like ambulance is already there. Um, yeah that doesn't his, help his case that he kind of shows up <laughs> yeah his dad says that it's a suicide that like the police thought it was a suicide okay oh one thing we didn't touch on is okay so this puddle that seeped out of the wall yes that yes, todd yes. slipped on it... <laughs> uh after after todd dies it retracts back it, into the wall it goes back home it's done it, it's clocking out <laughs> Wait, okay how did you feel about that how did you feel about that I um okay when I first saw that I was like okay that's that's totally cool like I'm okay with that because this movie is was like in the neighborhood of supernatural and is getting very mystic with kind of you know death is chasing them and so that's the most I don't I don't know I think that's like the most literal interpretation of it that we get in this movie and I like it a lot I I, think I would love to have a little bit more but that's the only time we kind of get death being like literally personified in a scene and yeah. it's as this like blue puddle and so you know, i can kind of take it or leave it but I, I i like it i i think it adds to the the lore of this really strange universe <laughs> see i don't like it because it i don't like the personification of death because what this is doing is it means that death has made a decision that death wants todd I keep I'm gonna keep saying the word death over and over. <laughs> death wants Todd's death to look like a suicide instead of an accident. So death is making a choice about I don't understand how it benefits death to make his to make Todd's death look like a suicide. Um like is he just fucking with people? Like, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's adding to uh, yeah. the conceit. It yeah, feels yeah. it feels a little too silly. And I think without any sort of personification, it makes i don't know like it makes me think yeah it makes me think death has a personality death is making decisions maybe death has a sense of humor um versus death is just this natural phenomenon that is inescapable i think is more frightening intimidating okay yeah i think i think i agree with you somewhat yeah I, it doesn't like quite break the movie for me but it, it yeah, does not like, at it, all. it does it does stick out and it, it is like I, okay like this is a clear choice but yeah after todd dies i think that's when we get introduced to the mortician we finally meet tony todd in this movie yeah so we get like a scene where i don't know how but alex and clear meet up um I want to say Alex just goes to meet her. Maybe he goes to tell her that Todd has died or something like that. Um, yeah, I think they just, like, meet up at a cafe or something like that. And just... Well, he goes to... She's working on these, like, um, metal sculptures. Because she, she shows him the sculpture of, like, a head on a spring. And she's like, do you know what this is? And it's like, why would he know what this is? <laughs> and then she, yeah. says, uh, she says, this is the way I feel about you or something like that. And... I don't know. I wrote down that like the dialogue in the scene feels like someone wrote Alex and Clear fanfic and then actually put it in the movie. Yeah, I wrote down did David Lynch write this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but somehow through this dialogue, Clear gets the idea that they need to go look at Todd's body 
Uh, I don't recall. Do you, do you know why? <laughs> Uh, I'm this a little a fuzzy. Thing? I'm a little fuzzy on that, on the why, but the the results are great because it introduces us to the mortician, who's Tony Todd, who's if, if people don't know, he's the uh, Candyman. Yeah, he's the Candyman. I want to say the main villain, but yeah, he's, he's a Candyman. <laughs> a movie I was yeah. ter- terrified of as a, a small child. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a great screen presence. I think he's in more of the movies in this franchise. I don't think he's just in this one. Yeah, correct. Um, he is. He's got this great voice. Uh, and he basically, yeah, he's working on Todd's body. They're at the funerary. Yeah, Claire and Todd, uh, Claire and Alex break into this place. It's 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 a weird scene. I don't know why it's necessary for them to have this like weird break in, but they meet Tony Todd. He uh tells them, you know, you can't evade death, and like basically death is coming for you. He says something about like, uh, do you remember the line? He says something about like you don't want to mess with that Mac Daddy. <laughs> And you don't even want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. That leads us to the the conversation that they have where it's basically Alex kind of like trying to warn them or like kind of just talk to the survivors, basically. That's that's what happens. Like, a little... don't want to make sure I'm off track. Um, yeah, because... So Todd... Uh, not Todd. Alex sits down with Clear. They're at a coffee shop. And he's talking to her about like... Okay, we gotta figure out like what death's design is all about. Wow. And while they're having this conversation, there's a construction scene in the background. Um, I don't know if you fixated on this at all, but this is something I fixated on. A little bit, yeah. Because there's like a scene when they're having a discussion, the camera is just like dolling in closer and closer, and you just see in the background there's a this construction site, and I'm feeling like that is the tease. That is gonna be what kills someone. Um, yeah, because yeah, after the first two like big incidents in this movie, everything that follows is just like okay, you're just just analyzing the frame, looking at like okay, yeah, is you're it looking for clues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then Carter shows up and he's like just getting all aggro. He has a line yeah. at the, in the. He almost hit. He almost hits Billy with his car. Yeah, he has a line earlier in the, at the funeral that I love, and he's just like, oh, "I am never gonna die." And it's just he, oh, yeah. he, he became my favorite character in this movie just because he is just so like arrogant and yeah it, remi- it, it reminded me of the uh <laughs> stephen colbert and strangers with candy everybody has lost a father oh have you lost your father oh don't even joke about that my daddy will never die do you hear me god never but yeah he almost hits billy with his car billy's on his bike and yeah so there's like our little tease of is someone gonna die um carter's also listening to a nine inch nails song which has the words final destination in it and i yeah, thought which is, which is great <laughs> i was like did nine inch nails write a song for this movie but apparently they didn't this song mm-hmm. exists independently um but it's just yeah really goofy yeah but know? basically at the the thing that makes this scene uh worth bringing up is uh, what they're having this conversation um it's carter's girlfriend that's like She's just like not down. She's like, you're like I don't forget exactly what she says, but she's just like, you can't avoid death. Like there's like, like yeah. there's no, like there's no way around it. And then she's she says like, I'm not gonna let this like uh, plane accident or whatever be the most important thing in our lives or something like that. And like, yeah, yeah. She's she just gives him this this big like speech and she's like railing into him. And then she's like, as she's finishing it, she takes uh, one step too far and a bus literally just. Right, kills her on the spot. I think I think this is the best death in the movie. I I would I, I might agree with you. I think I like the teachers one a little bit more just from the sheer just 
insanity of it, but because um, I feel like this is the only one that isn't really telegraphed excessively. Like this, true, like yeah. this barely teases you with the presence of a, a construction site in the background. There is like a moment where Alex like sees, I think maybe he sees like a bus in the reflection of a window or something like that. Yeah, um, so he right. has a little bit of a premonition, but like this is so sudden that. I don't know. I love this scene. Everyone gets splashed with like blood and gore. Yeah, when it's, she gets it. it's like in the bright of day. It's just like so out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no tension really. It's just like someone's dead. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we just kind of like move on after that too. It's like after that moment, they kind of just end up. Um, I think it's, it's, that's not when Alex goes out into the woods. I think that happens a little bit later. No, that's a little later. Oh. Um,. Yeah, the next the next death that we get is the teacher's death. Okay, yeah. Um, so this one, I'm not totally I, sure like what the lead up is to it, but yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. I, so I don't know what Alex is doing right before, but he's kind of like walking through the street, and there's a a guy oh, like a gardener, well, like <laughs> he, he's 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 realized the order of the deaths. Yeah, because okay, yeah. he was he was watching the news, and they show. The news shows like the trajectory of the explosion or something like that so he realized like oh death is coming after people in the order that they would have been killed by the explosion correct yeah yeah so, yeah then that's doubled down by like the, in the entire movie they had like this diagram of the seats of like how they mm -hmm. were all seated and so they're like there's like these x's on there for like oh you're next because like it's like, like coming a little bit closer and so yeah, he's. I don't know if he's going to warn the teacher. I think yeah, he's just going to straight up just talk to the teacher because yeah. he hasn't talked to her since the funeral. And he's going there. There's like a, a groundskeeper shoveling dead leaves and like an, into this like fire. And so oh you know, he, yeah, that's he, like, weird. Yeah, he notices the ash, and I'm like, okay, that's. I was like, it. is that a uh, thing that happens? People just like light leaves on fire? No idea. Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially <laughs> certainly doesn't happen in California. Yeah, in Final Destination world, this is how they get rid of their leaves, and so he notices. This this and that's the lead into the teacher being at home and she's like making dinner and like, making tea and like she's on her computer and like she's walking around with this teacup and it's dripping water everywhere and she p puts the cup over this massive 90s computer i don't know well <laughs> okay so there's a lot of elements here because i think the first thing she does is she puts a towel on a knife rack yeah, um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The choreography is really specific. Here. Yeah, she like, puts, puts the, the towel in the knife rag. Yeah, and then she <laughs> starts a cup pours of tea, like she, yeah, she pours her tea into the mug, and then she goes to like take a sip of the mug, and she screams and throws the tea out because the mug is uh, a mug from the high school, and she's so traumatized because of what happened at the high school. Yeah, yeah, and then she pulls out. Ice cold vodka from the freezer, dumps that in. She's on a dime. She's switching from tea to vodka. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then because you know it was a very hot mug, now it's a very cold mug. The crack. mug cracks, yeah. and now it's starting to drip. Yeah. Um, and then this this dripping mug is kind of like leaving a, a trail on the ground, but it also yeah. gets dripped onto this like 90s computer screen i, I don't want to say yeah, not the modem yeah it's like it's a just, crt yeah you know, like a monitor a, one of those old fat 90s ones and so yeah she's dripping water into the back of this computer and so we get some shots inside of the computer of the water going down and causing some sparks to come out 
Yeah. It fucking explodes. Shards <laughs> of glass, like, yeah, shoot this... into her neck. Yeah. Uh, this is when I was like, yeah, this is a Rube Goldberg horror. Because I'm like, okay, this isn't, like... Like, yeah, this is some, I think this is the most elaborate one, maybe. Yeah, this is why I like this one the most, because, yeah, like, the computer's screen monitor breaks. That slices her neck, but that's not the end, so she's dripping some blood on the ground, and... Uh, I don't she, remember... I don't remember... I don't know how it happens, but somehow the trail of alcohol lights on fire? Yeah. Do you remember how that happens? Yeah, I, like, rewatched it, and there's still a lot of stuff happening. And I Maybe, guess like, I, a I candle missed... falls down or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, some, some fire in my... I don't know, it's not the computer, but another source of fire starts this... Yeah, this the vodka. The lights. vodka trail. Which, yeah, like, the, the way this vodka is burning, like, it is... Like, she was fucking partying if the yeah. vodka is burning as heavily as it is. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is ablaze. And so, yeah, her it, house is starting to, like kind of catch on fire there's like yeah fire on the stove yeah and then the computers is like sparking or like yeah on fire she, and... she, she's like holding her neck i think she like crawls to the kitchen and then to like i i i think like her neck is bleeding she wants to like cover it up so she reaches for the towel she pulls the towel down which is of course on a knife block it pulls yeah. the knives down on top of her, and she gets stabbed right in the chest. Yeah, this is after she, like, slips and falls. Like, I think she slips on her own blood, actually. Oh, and then, okay. And then she's, like, on the ground, and then there's, like, this the shot of her laying on her back, like, just stretching up to grab this towel. And then, yeah, the towel pulls the knives. The knives goes into her stomach, but that's not how she dies. She dies when Alex shows up, and he's, like... He like is assessing the situation. He's like, "It's okay. Like, you're like, you're not, you're not dead yet. It's all right. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. she's still clearly alive. Like, the the whole yeah. house is on fire. But then the stove explodes, and that explosion causes a chair to fall over. <laughs> yeah, pushes, this is really funny. The, the chair pushes the knife further in. That's what yeah. I, that was my stand up and give applause moment. I was like, okay, that was fucking fantastic. Just like, okay, it, yeah, everything else that we saw is not a variable except the chair. This is falling. this is the scene that makes me excited to watch the rest of these because i know i've seen at least one other one and yeah, it had way more ridiculous deaths like they 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 watched their own movie and they were like you know what we can <laughs> we can get a little crazier with this that's great and i don't know about you but when these were around and i was in school as a, as a young child one thing that was like a joke was like oh final destination like that was like was something that like kids we would say to each other if there was like a somewhat like something that looked possibly like it could lead to <laughs> yeah. something dangerous and something so that sketchy. was yeah yeah so that's like one of the things that we would say is like oh yeah like we're in the car and then like the truck in front of us is filled with logs we're like oh final that's, destination. <laughs> that's the one that is like the most i think haunting because yeah. like i haven't even seen the movie that that happens in but like anytime i'm driving behind a car that has shit in the back i'm like yeah something is gonna fall out of there and it's gonna pierce me yeah that um, idea is because it actually so happens fucking yeah it's so real and tangible and yeah I, I haven't seen this is the first final destination movie i've seen but the trailer for whatever one that is is still in my mind just because i'm like oh yeah like it that's that's just so vivid the way that they came up with that so yeah i'm stoked i'm i'm ready but yeah we're almost done with this one we still like haven't finished talking about um what happens to the rest of the classmates because we got we got a few more deaths um yeah, we have like the scene that comes up that i like the most is the this existential kind of moment where 
they're driving. I don't know how they all end up in the car together, but basically Carter is driving them and he's like, okay, like, well, if I'm going to be in control of how I die, I'm just going to drive crazy. And like, it's, I'm just going to kill myself. And like, he's like, if I, if I do it, nothing's going to happen to the rest of you because it has to kill me first. Yeah, it's um, an incredibly grim moment. And as someone who's, like, experienced some car accidents in my life, I was, like, kind of triggered by that. Cause I was like, holy shit, this guy is just, like, just throwing all care and disregard out of the window. And, like, just, like, all right, like, is, I'm in control of my life now. I'm like, yeah, you, you're really pushing it. And so, yeah, they have this, this scene where he's, like, just driving extremely recklessly. And he stops on a train track. He stops, like, and this train's coming. And we get this classic, like, oh, like train tracks moment damsel kind of thing where the train's slowly approaching and everyone else is out of the car and he's just like yeah stuck in there alex reaches in through the window to try and like rip him out of the car because uh carter has like he's seen the light he doesn't he realizes he doesn't want to die he like tries to back yeah he tries to back up it's not working uh he tries to get out of the car the doors won't unlock yeah, this is and this is like death doing it. Like he like will attempt to do. I think he like tries to unhook. Sorry, unhinge the seatbelt, but then it like latches around or something like that. Like, oh, I don't know about that. I think it just like he couldn't get the seatbelt to uh, unbuckle. Oh, I because there is a scene earlier where Alex is sitting in the back and he's freaking out because Carter's driving like a maniac. He reaches down to check on his own belt and his belt is broken. And then a little later, he reaches down again, and the belt is whole. That's right. And for that's him, right, yeah. that for him, that's a vision. That's his premonition. Correct. Correct. Um, so yeah, so Carter can't get out of the car. He can't get unbuckled. The train is approaching. Alex uh, is reaching in to try and rip him out, and he just in the nick of time manages to rip him out safely. The train hits the car, completely destroys it. Um, and then we have this whole commotion amongst the group on the side of the train tracks where like what is what exactly is happening i know billy is saying like so yeah this is when billy freaks out and he's just like like all right like anyone of any one of us can be next like it's just all about just like kind of being away from alec or like being away from the group essentially and he's well like, he wants to get away from carter specifically he thinks yeah, carter yeah. is gonna like doom them yeah and, he's, he's just like as long as i'm not next to you i'm i'll be fine basically yeah, and like while this has happened, we're while this is happening, we're getting uh, shots from under the train, <laughs> and it is like running over a piece of metal from the car. Yeah, and... some sh- like a large, very jagged piece of like aluminum or something, and it's just like wobbling there, <laughs> like from the from the train passing over it, and then finally, it hits. The piece of metal, the piece of metal goes flying, and it decapitates Billy. Yeah. Um, so we learn that Death has actually skipped Carter and gone to Billy. Death missed its chance and decided to go into the next person. Um, yeah, and the way it plays out is just just so ridiculous because they're all outside of a car and like screaming at each other, and yeah, and yeah, the metal kind of just like is vibrating on the ground, and yeah, finally it just like flies over, and then we just get this really cheesy like head flopping over onto the ground and it's just like it's just super super alarming it's just like oh, oh holy shit um so yeah after that uh alex realizes okay death has skipped us now it wants to come for us alex kind of goes crazy he moves into a cabin 
and yeah. he's this like, is where it happens, yeah. Yeah, this is a cool scene because it's like it's really silly, but it still feels like a logical choice for the character. It has he was like, maybe my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> What's your favorite line? Yep, tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> tetanus? <laughs> picks up yeah. the fish hook. I'm like, yo, like a knife almost came through the door, dude. <laughs> like your face was almost like it's just so cavalier when he picks up this picture. He's like, yeah. Yep. Tetanus. Death. After everything he's seen, like yeah, death is gonna come for me slowly. <laughs> Like, nah, dude, like, it's gonna be something very elaborate, and, like, it's yeah. gonna be, like, a marquee falling down or something. It's like he's gonna, like, have sex with someone and get, like, VD. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, it's even syphilis. better, it's like, the YouTube, <laughs> like, the YouTube comments on, like, watching, rewatching some of these scene highlights, and the people are like, yeah, like, there's so many things that could happen, and so, that, yeah, being stuck on tetanus is just, like, so absurd and silly, I'm like, yeah, it's just, yeah. like... <laughs> Akat, imagine if, like, a hailstorm happened. <laughs> Like, what would these people do? Yeah. Um, oh, great. So, yeah, from there, uh, Alex is, or no, no, not Alex, uh, Clear is next in line uh, to be killed. And so, sort of the final big set piece of the movie is uh, Alex trying to fight his way to rescue Clear because, I don't know, this scene is kind of insane like yeah i'm actually i'm not too big on this one i think the one the movie ends on is really strong and the ones we get before are really great but the this climax one it like it kind of it was there's just too little, much shit going on it's a little too yeah it's a little too aware because yeah it's just like he will do one thing and like yeah there'll be like the wire fraying and then like he'll attempt to fix it and then like it'll lash out at him like okay like these inanimate objects are just like fighting back kind of and so yeah it just doesn't it seems a little a little on the sillier side than what has been kind of established even for an absurd it, movie it feels like there's just like too much noise because it's like i think we get a tree falling down and then we get a power line like yeah. writhing around a pool uh falls apart which spreads water everywhere so we're thinking okay electrocution she gets into clear runs out of how she gets into a car um the garage door opener like the metal post from the garage door opener falls into a yeah, windshield yeah um there's yeah i don't know and then like alex tries to save her he gets a shovel and tries to like lift this electrical wire like off of the car he, he ends up losing control of the shovel it like <laughs> knocks the top off of this like some sort of like gas tank um so now we're like, okay, well now an explosion is in the mix. Like, meanwhile, this whole time, like a uh, fucking, um, what do you call it? A blinking light? What do you call those? Strobe? Uh, strobe light. Yes, that's it. Like, a strobe light is happening throughout this entire scene. So it makes it super, for me, it, it, it was just like, it's just too much noise. Like, it's too hard to track what's going on. Yeah, the last one is a little crazy. And again, shout out to the prop department because yeah, there's just so many like things going haywire that it's yeah, it gets really overwhelming. But eventually, he, down, like, she gets saved. But yeah, it's just like it's so insane. I wrote down that it feels like a scene out of Twister or something like that. Like it yeah, feels like cool. we're very much on a set where everything is going wrong. Like it also kind of feels like. Um, have you ever been on one of those earthquake simulation things at like a museum or something like that? No, actually not. So, like, when I was in London, uh, I went to this museum, and it had an earthquake simulation. And you, like, walk into this room, and it's supposed to be, like, a, some sort of um, 
almost like a 7-Eleven or something like that, like a little convenience store. And everything starts shaking and stuff falls off the shelves. And I was like, I live in California, so this is like not very interesting. Like maybe this is interesting for people in London, but like, but um, yeah, yeah, I just felt, it felt very like composed destruction of a, of a place. And so that's kind of what the scene reminded me of. It's like, you're on like a little ride where everything is going wrong. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Speaking of earthquakes, just on a quick side note, like I was working with some people who weren't from the weren't from the Bay, weren't from California, and they experienced their first earthquake like last year when there was a couple of clusters. And I was like, yeah, like I hadn't met someone who had never experienced an earthquake in so long. I was like, oh yeah, that's it's like every like every year. I used to work at a I used to work at a dog daycare, and there was this uh, British guy who worked there, and they would do dog baths in the back. And so he had like this dog tied up, he's giving it a bath and an earthquake happened and he had never experienced an earthquake before. He ran out of the building. <laughs> he like ran out into the street and he left this dog, this wet dog tied up because um, oh, he was so freaked out. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I hate to laugh because yeah, like I, <laughs> I live, lived through him my whole life. And so yeah, for someone who's never experienced it, it has to be like, yeah, like, holy shit, the world is is imploding like i mean well now i'm like so desensitized that i'm completely unprepared because there's been situations where it's like i've been asleep emily wakes up from the earthquake and she's like trying to shake me awake being like hey like should we do something and i'm like it's gonna (laughs) stop like it'll stop in like a few seconds like just just chill out but who knows maybe maybe it didn't my first one, I was home alone. And I was like watching a bookshelf about to fall over, and I was like, "Oh, it didn't fall over. I guess I'm gonna go back to playing Crash Bandicoot." <laughs> yeah, we'll de- we'll deal with the damage in the morning. Like it's fine. Parents call screaming. <laughs> um. So let's see. Clear. Alex saves Clear the way he saves her. He ends up grabbing the electrical wire from the top of the car. He like sacrifices himself for it. He tells her. Look, if it skips you, we know it's going to be okay. So he grabs the electrical wire, and it shocks him, and we kind of fade to black. Um, And that's the end of the movie. Alex dies. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there is an additional scene. We get Alex, Clear, and uh, (laughs) Carter. They're all traveling to France. Clear, Carter, and Alex. Yeah, Clear, Carter, and Alex. Uh, they're all fucking a. They're all traveling to France together. Um, finally completing yeah, that trip. Yeah, they decide that they're not going to let that traumatic experience hold them back. So they finally get to Paris, which is actually like kind of cool. And as far as like how the movie plays out. Oh, and it's like it's six months later, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're all chilling outside of a of, of a bar and in France, they can legally drink. They're enjoying it. Um, and turns out Alex still has a theory that he's stuck on. And is it is he basically proposing the idea that like maybe if it's skipped all of us, it'll cycle back around? Is that what's yeah, I going forget, on? I forget exactly why. I was kind of on Team Clear and uh, Team Carter on this. I was yeah, like, yeah, like, so you gotta let this shut the fuck up. Like, like let this go, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, let's this, move on. Put the um, diagram of the seats away. Like, we're we in don't Paris. need to like, relive like, all this horror. And, and, and he had like, it in wait, his pocket. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I figured it out. They're like, yo, like, we're about to be in Paris. I'm like, please. Um, and then, so Carter proposes, well, he's like, well, you know, uh, if it skipped, 
if it skipped clear then like why did it skip you like maybe it didn't skip you like maybe you've never had your run-in with death and he's like carter's feeling pretty cocky he's like well you know if 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 it's true that death is still after us uh i know i'm not next so carter ends up oh oh a man playing guitar on the street who kind of looks like he could be taika watiti's brother i don't know if you felt that way <laughs> but like uh um, not quite he starts playing a french version of the john denver song yeah that has been playing throughout this movie and so carter gets really paranoid you know i think there's sort of like a rube goldberg thing happening where like some stuff falls off of a, a construction site yeah there's another construction site yeah and then like a girder or something falls over and it does like this mario thing where it rolls down and it falls like and it hits a thing of silverware i think so yeah yeah it's like it's a bunch of nails and And like a woman (laughs) is like lighting an outdoor heater and like that causes like some alarm once it flares up and then um so carter's like or not carter uh alex is like all right i'm I'm heading back you know clear you stay here like just stay away stay away from me like i'm heading back to the hotel or whatever like um and then we get oh oh clear has a sort of a premonition she she sees the bus similar to what killed uh what whatever terry earlier in the movie and she calls out to alex and when he turns back he narrowly misses getting hit by a bus yeah and so when this happens something else goes oh i think yeah what happens here does carter call him call him out and like say some shit uh i forget that because there's there's other things kind of building up that i was also like latching onto because while this is happening i forget how but this marquee is getting like like falling over some like i forget yeah what something hits it like it's yeah, like a it, giant sign yeah something falls off of like a construction site or something like that it hits a giant sign in front of a building and it comes swinging through the air and carter i think hits pushes alex out of the way like saving his life and carter says something like oh i think i they have this exchange where they realize okay it has missed alex and then carter says like well if it missed you then who's next yeah and then that sign that he had just pushed alex out of the way from comes swinging back and just as it's about to hit him we cut to black and we get the closing credit yeah <laughs> um so yeah that's final destination uh, implying yeah that it, death will get Carter the job was next. done <laughs> and so it's like okay so when the concept of death skipping people was introduced did you think once it skips them they're good because that seemed to be what all of these characters thought yeah and i think that was like the fair thing to kind of believe and i was looking at the other movies too and i'm like oh yeah so ali larder shows up again so i think yeah that's what they're kind of maybe implying that yeah once they're skipped they're good and so because i was thinking like okay well once it skips them like why wouldn't it loop back around was my thought because i thought of the plane crash as that that was basically them being skipped anyway it's like yeah so if it's coming back around again like all of the deaths we see take place that's it's already looping back around yeah this is true um anyway. yeah yeah i think yeah those details of it are are pretty pretty good but yeah i think at the end of the day i like the yeah just the the way the deaths play out is just the most entertaining part and the most thought-provoking part i don't know maybe yeah just the death and being personified and 
being its own character. Yeah, I, I don't know. I the more I think about it, I think it's I, I like that about this movie, and I think that was it makes it kind of unique and a little a little campier. I think. But I yeah, it definitely does make it campier, and I feel like these movies aren't. Or at least this one, I don't think it's unaware that it's a silly movie. I think I think especially in the scene where Alex is moving into a cabin, like that's very silly. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like it, that's the scene where it's really leaning into it, um, even though it makes sense for the character. Like I, I, that's why I really like that scene because it's like it makes sense as a logical conclusion for that character to make, but at the same time, it is very silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. We get another classic horror cabin in the woods scene. <laughs> He's just kind of going a little crazy out there. And my favorite line. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, I was looking into this movie a little bit. It turns out there was actually a French club uh, on a plane that exploded four years prior in New York. And so some oh, wow. of the scenes, when you're watching like the news footage in this movie, um, a lot of that news footage is actually from a real plane crash. Which oh, feels damn. pretty poor taste, in my opinion. Yeah. That seems, yeah, really grim, because that's a lot of... That's a big casualty to kind of just in include in this really popcorny <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, another piece of trivia, uh, Sean William Scott and Kerr Smith, who played Carter, I guess they were, like, pretty high on a... What do you call it? Dramamine? Not high on Dramamine. They were just, like, taking a fuck ton of Dramamine during the uh, airplane scene when the airplane is getting ready to explode. The dream sequence. Oh, shit. So that's why you don't really see much of them during that sequence is because they were on the border of passing out, I guess. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I guess that was, like, a pretty horrible scene for a lot of the, the cast because it, it was actually a set that was like shaking around and stuff um, people were getting motion sick yeah i bet that's yeah that's one of those things where it's like worst case scenario you know or like before even before all this covid stuff like this is like the the best way to get around the, the globe is to get on an airplane and just kind of just like doze off and so when you get a horror movie that makes that thing that situation seemed very safe and started very unsafe and very dangerous you know that's just it doesn't help and so you know you don't want to be thinking about you know that kind of shit when you're, when you're traveling yeah it's just uh, it's it's a lot well i think um maybe it was the writer but uh the whole thing about hearing john denver at an airport is something that actually happened that like I think it was yeah I think the writer like heard John Denver song in an airport and he was like wait a minute this guy died in a plane crash like oh, I don't shit. know if this is a very good sign and so he incorporated it into the movie wow okay um yeah but I think that's about it for Final Destination yep that's basically all I had to say about it uh what have you been watching lately this week I've been uh, all about Fargo I'm gonna watch the fourth episode once i'm done talking to you uh yeah. the new season yeah yeah season three is really good chris rock is fantastic and yeah like i like lovecraft country a lot and i i appreciate that there's another like really dope black show that's like you know very very political and very like i don't know it's 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 good it's just good tv i'm finally caught up on lovecraft country uh, oh. What did you What did you think of last night's episode? 
Uh, what, what what episode was it before we get into it? Because we'll probably be spoiling it. So if you say if you're caught up, then you're you talking Is it episode about episode nine? Yeah, episode nine. Okay, yeah, it's the th- Tulsa episode. Yeah, yeah, it was really emotional. I like tend to watch these episodes kind of like in the early early hours on Mondays because I've like mm. can't stay awake all Sunday night to watch all the TV that I try to watch, but. Mm. I usually watch Lovecraft Country, like, curled up alone in the morning, and yeah, I get kind of emotional when watching it, so yeah, I love this episode, I, I thought it was really strong, the Watchmen episode about Tulsa is is good, I think we get, like, a really good on-the-ground experience of that, I think Lovecraft Country does it a little bit better, because mm-hmm. I, like, it's not so much about like the origin of this superhero kind of crime or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not about that. It's more just kind of about this family kind of getting broken down and like it's all about yeah, this family kind of surviving the legacy and then like yeah, this this massacre happening all around them and then you get the the sci fi shit with Letty being uh invulnerable. Yeah, and it was just it was just like a lot. It was it was really powerful. I I, I just loved the imagery of it a lot. Um, yeah, I was talking to Emily about it, and we were discussing, like, this versus Watchmen. And, like, Watchmen, it feels like it doesn't, it doesn't, first off, it doesn't commit a whole episode to Tulsa, I don't think. It's just, I think it's just the intro, right? Yeah, it's like the intro scene, they go back to that time frame a few times, but it's not really so much about the actual massacre, so, yeah. so to speak. Like, it's it's definitely mentioned, and it brought shout out to Watchmen for bringing it back into the public conversation for sure yeah but like um, yeah I think t- like uh yeah this show kind of like doubled down a little bit on the human side of it and just like seeing just the gangs of people just going around just like burning and bombing and it's just like yeah it it's a lot more visceral and then yeah the ticking time clock plot of like the girl and like the arm yeah it's just it's really intense <laughs> um yeah I think what like Emily was saying was that this uh, Lovecraft country, the reason it does a better job of depicting it, like is because it gives a lot more agency to the people who are actually going through it. Like they're actually like firing back. Um, They're putting up a fight versus yeah. Watchmen is just kind of like the intro to this hero. Um, uh, A horrible background for, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to say background because that makes it feel like they're not giving it the due. But um, yeah, they give it its due. But uh, yeah, I feel like with Lovecraft, there's just a lot more details. Like they talk about like the proms being closed, and yeah, they're like the like the black surgeons. Like they like they they, they talk about just like the human side and like the yeah. character of it a lot more. And yeah, it, it's 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 really dope. I think the show can have an issue with how it uses like his history to kind of tell a story. And I think sometimes it it kind of leans into I don't want to say insensitive and I don't want to say that it it does things in bad taste but I sometimes I feel like it uses history in a way that is like okay like I hope you're doing this to kind of make a point and make something say something really profound about it I don't know if it always arrives at that profound territory but overall the like the I don't know the acting and just the stories are always really solid and just it's very thought-provoking, and I just I love just the conversations that I've had after watching these episodes and talking to people about it, and just so yeah, I, I appreciate the show for that. But yeah, I think 
it's not quite as profound as it might want to be, but because I think it, it takes itself extremely seriously. But overall, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, there was a Twitter thread I wanted to call out, um, which covers a lot of. So, so, so there was a discussion after this episode came out on Twitter about like how HBO is doing more to educate people about uh, the Tulsa massacre than you know our education system. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah. Um, and between you know Watchmen and this, uh, and there was a thread posted by at Erica Buddington, um, who unfortunately it looks like she's uh, protected her tweets now. So <laughs> unless you're following her, you're not going to see it. So uh -huh. hopefully you know it's not. I mean, I imagine it's probably a harassment issue. Uh, hopefully she makes this public soon because I think it was a really great thread, um, just listing. So many of the atrocities similar to Tulsa that have taken place throughout U.S. history. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's so many more, and that's like the fucked up thing is once you like learn about one, you like it just turns into this rabbit hole of like, oh, well, this has happened a lot more. Yeah, and it's, and it's really fucked up. Yeah, there's, and it's always about like the words and the the language used to describe these events can just. And just whitewash it out of history entirely you know calling it a race riot versus a massacre can yeah frame absolutely. can frame it in someone's mind in, in an entirely different way um so something i've been dealing with is it is hispanic heritage month and oh, yeah. my company uh some of the people at my company reached out to different Hispanic and Latino employees and said like, Hey, you know, we would like to highlight some of the people who work here. Like, we just want you to answer this question. Um, what does being Hispanic or, and, or, uh, Latinx mean to you? Mm -hmm. Um, so they asked me this like last week and I probably spent, I spent like several hours thinking about this. <laughs> um, just because, so like the word Hispanic, it means, um, you know, it's related to Spanish-speaking countries. So Spain, as as well as any country that has been colonized by Spain. Um, yeah. Latino is referring to Latin America. Um, so not all Hispanic people are Latino. Not all Latinos are Hispanic. Um, Correct. And so something, a word that I've always, uh, you know, identified with more, I guess, is Chicano which is specifically, it's like a very specific word, so I don't expect anyone to in the United States to understand it, but it is, um, it is American born of Mexican descent. So it's very, it's more specific. Um, For sure. And so when I think about, you know, who I am in relation to my culture, I'm not thinking about Mexican history, I'm thinking about American history. And yeah. I'm thinking about like, the bath riots uh like it like going back to the conversation about like things we weren't taught in history class i wasn't taught about the bath riots uh the bath riots were do you, do you know about that no um, like, i mean yeah like so it was so workers would did. workers would come across the southern border and they would be sprayed with chemicals um and these chemicals oh, actually inspired the nazis um there are books by Nazi scientists talking about 
the chemicals that were used on immigrants here in the United States and the gas chambers that were used on American uh, on people in the United States. That's so um, wild to find out that all of those like atrocities that took place in World War II. They're like, oh yeah, like Americans inspired us to do that. Like wow, yeah. it's like and not like, encouraging for American exceptionalism at all. <laughs> yeah, and it's like what what happened to the immigrants here can't be compared to the Holocaust because it wasn't nearly as barbaric, but uh, it was it's it was a spark of inspiration for these people yeah um, which is fucking awful though. <laughs> yeah and so the bath riots were basically when you know these women were like stripped nude and sprayed with chemicals they resisted uh and i think the woman who sparked it like not much is known about her uh, except for like whatever you know skewed newspaper headlines uh there were there's also yeah. like the Zoot Suit riots where a bunch of Mexican Americans were attacked, and I don't really rec- I remember hearing the phrase, but I don't necessarily know the history of it. And um, so, like, yeah, just having to answer this question of like, what does it mean for you? It caused me to do a lot of sort of uh, looking into my own history, and yeah, it's a heavy you know. question. Yeah, and like, I don't know if it was supposed to be a heavy question, but it's a, a question that's like. It is impossible to avoid talking about politics to to answer it. Um, yeah, yeah, and I feel that yeah, there's so much of that kind of going on this year too. And yeah, that's why I'm really happy. A lot of the TV I watch is black, and a lot of the books I read is like are by yeah. know, black authors. And so it it instills a little bit a little more pride about like okay, these conversations are just a lot more positive and thought-provoking just from the people that are making them to the people that are being affected by it and so yeah shout out to <laughs> do a lot of hbo shout outs but yeah, yeah. watchmen and lovecraft country definitely opened up this conversation in a way that was like never would have thought was possible and like i appreciate it a ton it is an interesting era because we are i feel like grappling with the country's history in a way that in at least in my lifetime hasn't really occurred (laughs) um like yeah like when i was working on this thing of answering that question another thing that came up was like arizona uh tried to make it illegal to teach um i don't know i don't know what they were calling the classes but they were basically chicano study classes in arizona were like outlawed for like five years um, and it was they're like against the ethnic studies was, basically yeah yeah and that was like within the past like 10 years that happened um bam, bam. so it's still very fresh and then you know we have donald trump complaining about like howard zinn and stuff like that and like howard yeah. zinn's whole thing was like he never called for like revolution and stuff like that like he was demonized because he told the truth about this country and that's yeah. all you need to do to get on the wrong side of people yeah it sucks <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what have I been watching? Um, yeah, I mean, catching up on Lovecraft Country, I think, was the big thing. And last night's episode, I think, was... Like, I think episode five and last night's episode, I think, are my two favorites. Um, episode... Um, it, go ahead. I have, to, I have to look up what episode five Episode is. five was... Uh, I forget the character's name, but when she gets the magic to turn her white... Yeah, the one with Ruby. Yeah, that yeah. one is uh, that one's really really dope. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, I think she's a, a fantastic actress, and yeah, yeah, just like the the yeah the Christina character is really great, and her character is really great, and like the fact that they have this really uh, let me say that over. I just hit my microphone. 
yeah, I like Christina's character a lot, and I like Ruby's character a lot, and the fact that they are like romantically entwined in this really, really strange yeah, interracial really relationship yeah. is just like it's, it's it's great. And so yeah, the way that they it plays out is really really cool. And yeah, I I'm glad you rewatched you. Sorry, not rewatched. I'm glad you caught up because yeah, it's gonna be over next week, and then yeah, once that's oh, done, really? Gonna, yeah, it's one episode left. Huh. They should have turned. I feel like this season should have been two seasons. Because, like, there's so much stuff that happens in these episodes. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like, a ton. And so, yeah, when when they kind of have a very focused episode, I think it ends up being really, really strong. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think if it would just slow down a little bit, I think there's going to be another season. But, yeah, if, if this was stretched out over two or maybe even, like, 12 or 13 episodes, maybe, it would have been a little bit better. Because, yeah, I think, like... Like the Hippolyta episode. It's Hippolyta, right? Is that how it's called? Hippolyta. Hippolyta? Okay. Yeah, Hippolyta. Um, Hippolyta, her episode where she's like traveling across space and time, like that, I feel like that episode, it didn't hit for me at all because I feel like we didn't really know who this character was. And like it felt like, um, it almost felt like a Grant Morrison comic or something like that. See, that's funny because I've been talking to, especially a lot of like black women I know, like love that episode. They're like, that's they're like that's like a fantasy sequence for me. I'm like, I fucking okay. believe it. It's like a wishful <laughs> like, moment thing. Like, like yeah, like just to see like this galactic celestial being being like this. I, I keep calling like the the space time shadow black queen goddess, whatever. Like that that character is like fantastic, and then Hippolyta becomes yeah. like this this proxy for yeah, just this all knowing being, and then. The way she's choosing to spend her time is just by killing Confederate soldiers in the desert. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, yeah, there's something really cathartic about that. And so, like, I just, yeah. I wish we got to know her character more before we saw that episode. Because to me, it felt like, it felt like an emotional payoff without an emotional buildup. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And yeah, that's kind of how I feel about episode two, where we sort of, yeah, George kind of dies, and yeah, yeah. there's just like a lot. So that much happens. stuff yeah. happens in that episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like my eyes glazed over. Like, I I couldn't make sense of what was going on. Um, but yeah, I think the show, and maybe this is just true of fantasy in general, like it works best when it's using these fantastical elements and these larger than life uh, concepts and devices to explore very basic human emotions, and I think episode five and last night's episode like incorporating time travel to explore you know the tulsa massacre and it almost felt like there were moments where it almost felt like it was touching on like generational trauma Um, yeah absolutely yeah like yeah i think that's the peak of the show um yeah i agree yeah i think and this is and it's held by held down by this great performances and yeah and i think when it leans away from the modern music and when it, it, it when it's just purely in the period and when it's like yeah when it does that i think it does it very well and so yeah like i'm not too crazy about the show using rap music and stuff like that even though i love hip-hop music so much i don't think it belongs in the show i think that's one like a stylistic choice i wasn't too crazy that's why yeah i mentioned a couple episodes ago it's like i love this show but i don't quite like how it's directed or how it, it plays out but it's it's still it's very great like i love it a lot but yeah it kind of reminds me of the walking dead where i'm like some of these episodes just need a no, better director i think <laughs> even like 
at its worst, it's still bad, better bad than example. The it's still better than bad, The Walking Dead. Bad example. Bad example. <laughs> and it's just yeah, it's nice to see Jonathan Majors like in a in a big thing. Like he was so good in the last Black Man in San Francisco. Michael K. Williams, especially in last night's episode, like yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing that's on television right now. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps things up then for Big Zone. Yeah, that was episode ten. That yeah. was good. That was a, a good, good long one. <laughs> um, I think next week is the binge, uh, yeah. the the purge parody, and then gotcha, uh, hmm, let's see. Yeah, how do we? How do we? Should we just dive back into Final Destination, and then I'll take my pick after that? Yeah, I was gonna ask um, for the binge. Do we still want to do? Um, like any purge episodes or do we want to just skip that and uh, more, like final destination stuff because it's like halloween now almost <laughs> yeah I, I i think i'm done with the purge for now i don't think i need to do the tv show maybe yeah i think yeah i think we like talked about it very thoroughly over the course and so yeah ending on the binge would be a good way to to wrap it up and you know they're eventually going to release another purge movie so maybe we <laughs> maybe we watch a little bit of the tv show when that comes around we we we'll gotta get, revisit get those... it you know Get, get some press badges and get that early scoop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, we yeah. are Vague Zone. Yeah, see you. See you next week.